But I, you know what? I, I'm, I think like I got some feedback, and I'm gonna just stay present here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Harry do his thing. Oh, there it is. See, it's live now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, um, but I'm gonna let Gary do his thing. You just have to make sure the audio is turned off on the on the app. Yes. yes. Audio. So. Okay, it's live on both Facebook and on YouTube. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Excited. So, Catherine, how's your day going so far, love? <laughs> it's been good. It's been a great Friday. Warm and muggy up in Vancouver. How about you? <laughs> It's been good. It's been busy, you know, just navigating through this these very interesting times. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely interesting. I know. Although, right? like, although, I don't know, like Vancouver here, as people have been more lax about stuff now. Like, our we have this like um like a citywide fair that goes on, and they just opened this weekend, so they're like letting people into this fair. So I don't know. It's like it's like they're, we're, we're kind of a little bit more relaxed now. It's weird. Interesting. I, but I don't think. <laughs> How are the numbers up there though? Are they like, are they increasing? Are they kind of stabilizing, decreasing? It's actually, it's actually pretty low. Like I, I think, um, so in greater Vancouver, we're, we have a city called Richmond and it's basically all Chinese people. <laughs> and like once, I think basically end of December, early January, they just started not going out. Because like, <laughs> they had heard of, I guess, from their families in China what had happened. So they start, they just already started quarantining themselves early January, all of Richmond. <laughs> so then it just rippled out through the city. Everyone was like already practicing a lot of those things pretty early on. Very cool. And I think that helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, you know, I think the reason why the, the numbers are going up out here, especially in the States, is because there was a lot of the protesting. Yeah. You know, and there, you know, there was a lot of people that showed up. So, yeah. you know, it's not a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I know. So what did you end up doing today? Um, I worked, you know. Yeah. Normal <laughs> grind, back into the grind. I'm here oh, in my yeah. studio. See, it's my massage studio. Oh, I love it. I love the, the grass background. Thank it's you. Cool. It's very right. zen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> vibe the healing vibe you know yeah. yeah yeah i'm in my i'm in my basement i don't know if like this is my like husband's kind of office area he's got his pull-up bar thing that apparently i bought and i thought i was going to eventually be able to do a pull-up but i never did <laughs> so I didn't use it. and dream right i will i think i think eventually when i turn i don't know an age maybe like 45 or 40 or something like that i'm gonna be like i'm gonna do a pull-up that's when, yeah. that's the age. Never too late. Never, Never too late. late. <laughs> the dream alive. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Like my, my dream, like, you know, like, like, I don't know if you believe in like zombie apocalypses and stuff like that, but like, I always have this fear, like, what if like I'm on a cliff and I can't pull myself up? Then I, <laughs> I'm gonna be eaten alive. I gotta like learn how to pull up. I gotta like, I gotta like, gotta, like get like, my endurance going and like my lats trained in case that happens. You know, just, just some motivation. Train to be an American Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah, like yeah, <laughs> just in case. Just in right. Case. <laughs> see the things that the human body can do. I'm I know. <laughs> oh man. So, <laughs> so what do you? Um, how's the weather like? I guess LA is always hot. It is actually know. warming up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Definitely got hot. Not as bad. Sometimes it gets into the hundreds, so we're not. Oh my there. god! Yeah, but it's getting warm. Oh man! <laughs> I like. See, I have this theory with my with my husband where, um, like, the people born in the winter love the heat, and then the people born in the heat hate the heat. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's like you don't yeah. have type thing, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so my husband's born in summer. He hates being hot. Like he just doesn't want like the sun and like. Well, he likes the sun, but just like milder. Exactly. Like, <laughs> whereas I love the heat. Like I love sweating, and I love just like being out and burning. <laughs> Sorry. And then the. Did you guys put the um? Did you guys put the YouTube link on your pages? Winter, and I'm like, 
I hate being cold. Like I'm layered up every winter just because I hate the cold and I hate snow. <laughs> I hate snow too. <laughs> All right, yeah. I, see, I see the timer. We're getting down to to a minute. Yes, Gary, were you about to? Yeah. Did you guys um, share the YouTube link on your pages? Uh, okay. I noticed that the um, YouTube comments aren't coming up on here. Only the Facebook comments will come up. So if there's a YouTube question, you probably have to read it off YouTube. Okay. Got okay. It. Um, I'm gonna try and share the link as well. All right, we've got. Uh, oh, we've only got a couple seconds, love. Twenty seconds. Ooh. About ten seconds, actually. Oh, ten seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. There's a lag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and stay grounded. Get ready. I'm excited. Okay. You guys are live. Awesome. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to show face to face. Today, I have our guest speaker, Catherine Chan, who is a published author. So amazing. I actually I, I didn't even know she had three books. I thought she only had two. She's got three. So it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. You know, topics really kind of encapsulate around relationships. I think relationships are such an important topic. Um, of course, not just intimate relationships, but all across the board, we all have different sets of relationships in our lives. And how do we, you know, make sure that we have healthy, balanced relationships, loving relationships versus toxic relationships. So Catherine has, you know, quite some experience with online dating. She is successfully married and so much. <laughs> Catherine, Catherine. Yeah, hi. Hi. Introduce yourself to uh, the, the audience and a little background on, on how you got into this uh, writing journey. Oh, so I'm Catherine, Catherine Chan. Um, I'm an author, as, as Angie had mentioned, I've published three books. Um, I really started out like from my blog. So I called my blog Some on Sleeve. And so some in Chinese means heart. So I've always been kind of like a heart and sleeve kind of person. I've always shown my emotions on my face when I'm happy. I'm happy like when I'm when I don't like someone, you can kind of tell. <laughs> um, I like the worst poker player. Like if you ever played with me, you'd win all my money. That's why I don't play. Um, so then when I started my blog, I thought about my name and I was like, you know what? Like growing up, feelings were never talked about around the dinner table and I need to talk about those things like I became a mom about four years ago and I started reflecting on my childhood and about the things that we talked about around the table around the dinner table and things were like you know what celebrities were doing what what like our judgment on their feelings or what, what how they felt or it was very much like mundane things of what happened during the day or about the food we're eating and so I was like I don't want that for my kids like, I gotta like start doing something about that and I just started writing and writing's always been a passion of mine I started a diary when I was like 11 years old like <laughs> and even wrote like mini little books since I was in grade school so I just started writing all these things and and then I and the idea of creating a blog came about because I started googling other moms who maybe shared the same journey that I was going through and then the blog became bigger I started listening to Gary V and started going on the socials and then um, I was like writing about dating as well, because um, I'd gone on a really, really crazy dating journey, dating journey before meeting my husband. And some of those blog posts were actually the most popular ones. And so I was like, okay, I'll take the data and write a book about it. <laughs> um, and then along that journey, I was writing about like Asian parenting and like reflecting on my childhood and stuff like that. I was like, well, there's a lot of people or my age or even older or younger just with Asian parents who have Im immigrant parents who have issues with them and I've kind of gone on a journey with my parents and improved that and decided let's also write a book on that <laughs> um so that's that's how it came about it started from a little like little blog of mine and um and turned into three books amazing and so, <laughs> yeah so um I mean, I would love to learn more about, you know, the history of, let's start with, uh, I don't know, uh, your, your, know, your marriage, um, you know, the online dating thing. I think so many people are, are navigating through, again, such an interesting time with COVID. And I feel like with social media and online dating, there's just, it's just a whole nother. Like weird kind of mingling of everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, share, please share like your experience, you know what you went through, how you were able to finally get 
you know, meet your husband and, and, and have success? What was that journey like? Oh, man. Okay. So um, a little bit of context, I guess, more background. Um, I was with some, like, I was had an ex-boyfriend. We were together for about eight years. And um, we had to end things because I wanted to get married and he didn't. So I was in my late 20s. I was like, okay, dude, we've been together for eight years now. <laughs> like, we bought a house together even. Like, we're kind of like, oh, come on. And, you know, just let's move things forward. And he didn't want to. He wasn't ready. And I said, okay, you know what? I cannot be with you anymore. So we went through a very mutual breakup, very kind of just, it was peaceful, I guess. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, like, I want to get married. I'm in my late 20s. I've got this, like, mission thing. I knew what I wanted. And I just dove right in like as someone who's never dated before because I was in a relationship for most of my adult years. I don't really count like like high school dating kind of that's like a, it's like a different kind of dating experience. <laughs> um, so I just dove right into online dating and signed up like this is like 2013 ish. So like it's not as crazy as all the different apps that you have now. I think we had just gotten Tinder I didn't actually signed up for Tinder at the time. But I like signed up for POF and OKCupid and, and I don't even know some other ones. And just like, if you don't, like, I didn't know what I wanted, right? Like, I just went out there and just said yes to, to anyone. And you go on these crazy, crazy dates and you're just like, I don't even know what I like, who I'm with and like who these people are. And obviously got my feelings hurt a lot. Like experienced, go I got ghosted, I got catfished um and just you know like there's some 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 of them where you just kind of both know you're not right for each other you kind of just <laughs> ghost each other um and then I just sat down I was like okay I gotta I gotta stop doing this I just gotta like stop take a moment for myself self-reflect on these what I want and what I need and what I really deserve in a partner after having gone through an eight-year-long relationship and I came up with three things which is what I needed which are like the core values of who I am and and embracing those beliefs that I grew up with as my childhood, as, a, as an adult, what, how I've influenced, what, like, you know, like your moral compass of what is right and what's wrong, how you value money, marriage, kids, all these like kind of like really true things that are, are core to you. Um, and then what I wanted, which was like the fun stuff, like what you're attracted to physically, the energy levels of people, um, and you know, like the fun, you know, like the, the little bits that, you know, the horny bits that kick in when you're in high school. <laughs> and um and you kind of like explore that like what do I what am I attracted to what are on that on that level physically emotionally mentally and spiritually and then lastly which is what I deserved because you know like you can have you can have like like a billion things on your list of things that you need and want but ultimately you got to like dive into yourself and realize what do I actually deserve what what on my list do I need so that I actually deserve a partner um, that meets those needs and wants. And so I created this and I just started kind of reflecting on myself. And next thing you know, like I went on my first date with my husband <laughs> and I found him. And so that was kind of like my journey of, of, of dating. And then we, we got together and there's like, it was just, we just knew. And, um, I mean, it was like up and down. Like I kind of was a little bit scared because I'd just gone out of something and I told him that and we took like really we took a slow time to kind of really gel thing let, let things gel um and then two years later we got married we've got two kids now and yeah it's an ongoing journey of marriage and that's like my, my third book which is how to have a happy and healthy marriage um which really is a lot of lessons I learned from my previous relationship but that I apply um, into this marriage so that it kind of works as, as well as like things that I've learned from myself in this marriage so far which I've been married for about five years now <laughs> yeah awesome now I want to really kind of dive in you know um, of course it's I'm sure it's quite a journey um, but how has how do you think some of the cultural upbringing you know affected your unsuccessful relationships versus your successful relationship Oh man, <laughs> I'll maybe like, I would say narrowing it down to two things. So anger management, um, like for me, I grew up where my dad was the explosive, loud, yelling kind of person. That's how he expressed his anger. And, and then he'd go into his man cave downstairs and then regroup and then come back out peacefully. And my mom was very much like, 
chill, like very, very passive aggressive in the way she expressed her anger. And so with my previous relationship, I really took on that role, which was like hold things in and internalize a lot of things because I felt like as, because when I first met my ex, my, my ex-boyfriend, I was like 19 years old. So you really don't kind of really know how you manage your anger. You have like your angst, your teenage angst that you kind of go through as your hormones kind of balance out as an adult adult. But I didn't really know. And so as I grew into womanhood, I was like, oh, I think that's the right way to do it is to just hold things in and not talk about things <laughs> until you're like the last, like that last straw on the camel's back where you explode at your boyfriend and he's just like, what the fuck? You know, what was where did this come from? And so I think that from my upbringing affected my previous relationship, which I really try not to in my current marriage is to have those explosions. And rather when those little things bug you, like speak up and say, hey, you know what? Like when you leave the dishes in the sink and you don't rinse them, it it, it bothers me. And And using non-blaming language in that interaction so it doesn't pinpoint him as he's the he's the problem rather you know um i see dishes in the sink i'm feeling anxious i'm feeling you know frustrated i'm feeling stressed out and these are the reasons why so i apply that um and then i think the second thing so anger management and the second thing is like one of the things i took on the role in my previous relationship was parenting parenting my boyfriend you know what I mean like like that it's called over and I like recently just learned this term which is over functioning and taking on things that aren't necessarily your responsibility that he can do himself but you're like worrying about his health and trying to control what he ate trying to control how he dressed his you know his fashion sets like oh no he's not he doesn't look the way that I want to look so I gotta like buy clothes for him and you know make him look the way that I want him to look um, things like trying to make sure he, he gets to work on time, <laughs> make sure that like he gets to his meeting, like just over-functioning to an nth degree that I shouldn't have been in that previous relationship with this relationship. I'm like, you know, and also I'm with a different person and he's, you know, we're, he's a lot more mature. He's a grown man. He's, you know, and I just obviously don't parent him at all. And I just let things slide or not slide, but just let like hands off, like, you know, like he wants to eat whatever he wants. He can work out whenever he wants. He can, he's going to attend his meetings whenever he, you know, he's going to wake up late. He's not, he's going to make up on time. And, and really those were the two things that I felt that I take from my previous relationship into my current one. Amazing. Um, and so how did you even come to that realization that, you know, like, I mean, it's great that you had that awareness of like, wow, I'm not knowing how to manage my emotions at 19 and I'm, you know, being passive aggressive, basically, you know, so many words. Um, and also like with the overparenting with your other partner, you know, how, how did you come to that realization and then change those behaviors? I really, you know what, a lot of it comes down to self-awareness and really knowing yourself and, um, like, I think for me, like, understanding when you get to that point in your health, where you are self destructive, like, for me, I have a history of um, this, uh, I have a history of um, an eating disorder. And I've got poor body, like just over exercising as a way to punish myself. So these are kind of like things that I know that are my trigger points, as, as an adult. <clears throat> and so in my previous relationship, I felt myself like spiraling emotionally eating or emotionally like eating when I was unhappy not eating when I was unhappy like using eating as a way to control my feelings and so being aware of your own emotional triggers really helped me understand that I was doing things that was not right in my relationship um and I think like having like just asking yourself the right questions is also really helpful um and like kind of really being in tune with your body. And it's like, it's like a really hard thing to do, like getting to know yourself, kind of almost like getting into bed with yourself and mm -hmm. asking yourself those tough questions. Like, how am I feeling today? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on with me um, on like a regular basis, like kind of checking in with yourself um, and taking that time to reflect on, you know, the past week or even the, those, those memories that you had together that you may not want to think about. So like, I think only if it's kind of like getting into a relationship with yourself is really helpful in, 
and kind of seeing what what's going on in your current relationship. Yeah, I think that's so important that you mentioned that everything really does stem from the self first. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times we kind of end up tying these things into all sorts of topics because at the end of the day, I think it's safe to say that we are the only common denominator in every single thing in our life, whatever topic we're discussing. Yep. Um, but particularly in relationships, the relationship we have with ourselves will typically then project and create the relationships with others. Yeah. I'm making any sense. Um, but, but great. So, um, do you, you know, what were any challenges that you, that you had to overcome with your, with your husband? I mean, you know, even though you guys are going strong and you have family together, what are the challenges that, you know, you find yourself working through that, that continue to allow your relationship to thrive? Oh my God. Like, um, I don't know if there's any parents in the audience, but becoming parents together is one of the most vulnerable times in your life because everything gets flipped 180. And as a woman, as a mother, when you become a mother, a lot of your attention goes to the kids. And it's, it's un and like I experienced it. I mean, I'm not going to speak for all mothers, but for me, resentment towards your, 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 your partner after becoming a mother is huge. And I think that's still an ongoing thing that we are working through is as like, I, like I talk about the like maternal instinct, right? Like this idea that women are born into this kind of maternal role. Like I really hate that word because I think that, and it's, it's actually been science has been shown that there's, men also have that instinct and when spent enough time with their with their babies um certain hormones get released where they're bonding with with their babies and um their amygdala which is in control of i think certain like just the the emotions of your brain also change like they looked at studies um in homo like homosexual couples of men who have babies like both experience that kind of natural instinct to to care for one another to care for their baby and so like that is going to be I think one of the biggest challenges that my husband and I have which I have no experience in because you didn't have kids with my previous guy um so like I think that's definitely going to be a challenge in us as, as and as well as um like that working mom guilt right like that and it's I don't I don't like that term but there is the like right now my husband's upstairs with the kids and he's he's sending them to bed and doing all that and we have a pretty equal share in the responsibilities of our kids um but like i want to be there with them too like there's that kind of like that internal battle with myself of i want to i love doing this stuff i love talking about these things and sharing my stories and lessons and and really helping people but also at the same time i love being a mom and there's and seeing him so effortlessly go to his job and do his thing and then come home and not have that guilt. It's like, there's a lot of resentment against him, even though he's not doing anything wrong. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that that's going to be something like a challenge that we're, we're definitely going to have to work through. And I know like talking to other parents and that have gone through this and their kids are a lot older, they say it gets a lot better because the kids need the parents like need you less. And then you can kind of have to have more time and space to come together as a couple and, you know, actually have more date nights and have more quality time and conversation and stuff like that. It's not just limited to the couple hours that you have at night before, when, before you guys go to bed. Mm. So I think, yeah. Okay. Let's, you know what, you mentioned something that's kind of interesting. I'd like to explore a little bit more about resentment. Oh yeah. Tell me about <laughs> that. You know, how, when are you feeling resentful with your, with your husband? I think it is like, like the fact that he doesn't feel guilty. Like he'll go to, he's a realtor, um, 15 years as an accountant and then, and then always loved real estate. And then now he, he loves doing real estate. That's his passion. That's his livelihood. Mm -hmm. And he can pick up and go and just like, he'll be like, Hey, I gotta open like today. He's like, I got a showing today at three. I'm like, cool. Do your thing. Right. And he just goes and picks up and goes and comes back and he, he obviously picked, and he's also very, we're very equal in the parenting. Like he'll just pick up, he'll 
you know, he's changed like diaper changes. We probably, he's even done more than me actually, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff he's done more like, you know, um, okay. well, where's the resentment coming in from? It's called the invisible, invisible load of motherhood, which is the things that go inside our brains that men, I don't know if it's men, just the husbands don't think about like, I, I keep a track of what she's eaten all day, like my kids, what they've eaten, what do they need, the emotional labor, um, things that are invisible to the things that we actually do um, that he doesn't carry. So he can go to bed and just go to bed. Whereas for me, I'm like, I go to bed, I'm like, fuck, like, I got to make sure I've, you know, did she take, you know, she took, took a bath? Did I, did I clean her ears out today? Did I? You know, like, oh, she's got her favorite toy upstairs. Is it, you know, should we bring, you know, there's little things that you, that mothers have in their back of their brains that they're, they're worrying about their kids. Like, he doesn't do that. He just goes like, oh, the toy, right. I don't know where it is. It's like, we'll, we'll find it when, if she needs it. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, she needs her toy. Like, <laughs> it's her thing. I think that's where the resentment comes from is, is that difference in, in carrying that invisible load of motherhood that, that that resentment comes from um resentment there's lots of like resentment with my parents with like people it just there's like whole whack of people well, let's, yeah let's let's go there let's talk right. about resentment and how that shows up and again re remember we talk about childhood stuff it always stems from that and it yeah. spills over into all all sorts of relationships so you know it, including our parents that we still continue to have the relationship <laughs> with, right? How yeah. do these things still show up in a way that run our life and um, maybe deliver the results that we don't want? And how do we get to shift that into the results that we do want? Yeah. I mean, that's tough. I mean, like if you can go deep dive into the resentment for our parents. Like it's so hard not to resent the things that they've done and the way they've parented because you know as a child we are so innocent and they're supposed to be our guide and our mentors and our role models our superheroes right like and when they don't do a perfect job it's really hard not to blame them for our and, and can, I, can i interrupt Go ahead. yeah yeah so this is good um see even when you said right now you know to be perfect and then to blame them, right? So I'd like to invite you to even, you know, we can reframe perfect because there's no such thing as perfect, no. right? If, you, if we can all wrap our heads around the fact that there's no such thing as a perfect parent, as a perfect child, as a perfect anything, yeah. then number one, we are able to let go of expectations that, they have, they should have it all figured out so that my life can be perfect because <laughs> perfect doesn't exist. No. Right. And then once we can kick that perfect perfectionism out of the picture, yeah. you know, can we just uh, accept the fact that our parents are human and they probably did the best they could and that, you know, they, they did come from a good place for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, right? Let's just assume or give them the benefit of the doubt that they did, they were doing their best. And, mm. you know, we get a little misguided sometimes. And so as we grow up and we realize like, father, like you said, very similar to mine, you know, father who's yelling all the time and mother who's like trying to keep the peace, balance it out. You know, we, we learn two very extreme dynamics and we're trying to figure out which one are we. Am I the yeah. yeller? Am I the, the one that's going to back down or, you know, and is this a push and pull? And we're trying to basically find somewhere in the middle. So mm -hmm. we're grounded and we can, we can move forward and not continue these, these patterns. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, in, in terms of the resentment that shows up for you with your parents and shows up for you with your husband, yeah. um, can there, what, what kind of, can, can, conversation can you have with them that can you know dispel the resentment <laughs> well I wrote an entire book on how to deal with our Asian parents <laughs> and it's not easy like it's not I mean like it's not a clear-cut solution for everyone I mean with all self-help books or courses or anything that we take it's 
you can't have a one size fit all. And it's, it's really, it's a, the answer really lies within the person reading it and applying um, the words that you've read to your life. Um, and so that those conversations about resentment, I mean, I think first is, is having that idea that you resent your parents for that. Like, I think some people may not have that realization in themselves that, the way they behave, maybe they don't like something about themselves and they don't actually realize it came from their childhood. I think that is a first step is understanding themselves and be like, oh, this is the way I'm behaving. Like I'm over-functioning for my partner. Where's that coming from? Or, you know, I'm overeating. Where is that coming from? Or whatever behavior that you're trying to change or improve, where is that coming from? And then kind of drilling it down to, oh yeah, in my childhood, this is what happened. Maybe it's a parent or maybe it was an auntie or uncle or family, for whatever it was, and, and, and tying that in and understanding why that happened and how it influenced you. And then, and then, and then learning to make peace with it. And I think that's like, before you even have a conversation with your, with the, with your parent is first realizing that that's where it came from. And then trying to tease out that, trying to empathize with them of their situation of what they've gone through. And if you haven't gone to that point where like, because some people, they may have these resentment against their parents, but because they've hated them so much, they've just cut themselves off and have absolutely no relationship with their parents at all. And they don't even know a lot about their parents, even like as peers, because growing up, you see your parents, they're like, they're parents, they're the head of the household, they just do their thing. They're the managers, and we're here, right? You don't actually have a peer to peer, like peer to peer relationship with your parents until you're, until you know you're older and as an adult and that's where it's supposed to kind of shift where you're more of a I guess equal or a peer in in life but if you've never had that you're always constantly seeing them as parents even though you're like 30 40 50 years old like then you're not going to be able to understand their mindset because you've never been able to have that conversation um but yeah so like that's kind of what I talk about in my book which is there are five steps um and the first step to really embracing that relationship with your parents is understanding why you want to have a relationship with them any in the first place and why you want to improve it like I think that is because if you, you can't really change something if you don't really think it's a problem like you know what I mean <laughs> if there's no desire to change then why fix something that you don't really think is an issue so it's kind of diving in why you want to want to actually have a relationship why you want it to improve and once you understand your reasons, like like some people's reasons could just be like, I want to be able to sit through dinner without having to bite my tongue. That could be a reason. Like for me, like for my own reason, like I like to, I want to improve my relationship with my, it's mainly my dad is because I'm like, I'm a parent now. I want to know where I came from. I want to know my roots. I rejected my culture for a lot of my life. Um, now that I'm a mom, I actually kind of want to preserve some of the bits, like the Chinese culture, like the language, the food, all these things that I kind of rejected. Um, how can I bridge that gap? How can I preserve it if I don't really start from the first place where I got it from, which is my parents? Um, and then also, I feel like the more I know my parents, the more I know myself and the more self-awareness I have, the better relationship with myself I have. And then just the better mom I will be and the better wife I will be, a better friend, a better speaker, everything. Like it will just improve once I know myself more. Um, so really it's kind of like a selfish reason to improve my relationship with my parents. So understand your why. And then it's the what, which is actually finding some sort of common ground, like a topic that you can talk to your parents about, whether it be food or sports or I don't know, like lawn. I'm just looking at your, your background. Like your, my dad loves to take care of his lawn. I can talk to him about like grass all day. You know what I mean? Like in finding some sort of common ground with your parents so that you can actually have a decent civilized conversation, whether it's small talk or not. Um, and then, so that's kind of like the what finding common ground. And then how, like how do you actually start having a little bit more difficult conversations? Like how do you actually start talking a little bit about your feelings, about your childhood, about things that, happened in the past that may be very touchy for them um and then so, so so it's the why what how and then it's the when which is when do you when can you accept your parents for who they are and it really comes down to what your why was like if your why was originally i just want to be able to sit through dinner without biting my tongue well if you've met that why then that's when you can start to accept them for who they are um it's kind of like drawing back from like really understanding your why once you've gone through the, the what and the how quite a few times got to know them 
oh, now, wow, I actually really know my roots. I know, you know, where this Chinese dish came from, where I ate it, and I know how to make it now, or whatever, why you had. And then the last step is who, and it's like, who are you after all this? You know what I mean? And coming back to loving yourself, embracing your past, and realizing that, yeah, there are influences from your past that affect your present, but it doesn't define who you are. And you're in control of your destiny. You're in control of creating the future that you want. You don't have to become your parents. And you can be a better mother, a better father, a better friend, a better sister, a better guide, mentor, whatever than they were to you. Mm. I like it. Um, you know, and I would like to, again, dive deeper into these steps. The steps are great. But yeah. how can you give me an example? You know, like your process, did you... Did you get to um, go through this, you know, one through five steps with your parents as well? You know, understanding, like, you know, can you give me some examples of that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I can give you, so the why when, okay, let me think of a couple examples. So when I learned to accept my parents for who they are. Okay, so it was me. So I was like I'd gone through quite a few cycles with my dad, just kind of having some deep conversations with him, finding about his childhood, my child. And so I'm like, okay, I'm in a good groove. I'm good. A good, good, good groove. I'm like knowing a lot about him. And um, I was, I think nine months pregnant at the time. I was like pretty much about the paw. <laughs> and I was also writing a book um, for the, the organization that I work with. So I work for emergency medical services and we're doing some things on translational research. And I was like, I'm so proud of this. I co-authored a chapter while I was nine months pregnant. Super proud. I go to my parents and I'm like, okay, you know how like with Asian parents, you don't really bring up your achievements. <laughs> like you don't go like, mom, I'm so happy I did this. You're kind of just very nonchalant about your things. <laughs> and um, so I nonchalantly say like, I co-authored a ch chapter in a book, dad. And then he's like, oh, your sister wrote a book, I think. She, she's a really good writer. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and right away, like that comparing, you know, the Asian parents comparing kids, pop right and triggered me emotionally. And I was like, holy shit, like I just went through all these cycles with him. I know so much about him. I knew like, you know, and now it's like, I feel like I've just not, Got, like all that progress that I've made is like gone back but it hasn't and I'm like I don't feel as bad as I would have a few months ago or a year ago mm -hmm. and I think I think it's time that I've I've learned to accept him for who he is and I think that like he even so he said that and he knew he was just merely bringing up like we were talking about books and he wanted to bring up my sister it wasn't to diminish my achievements it wasn't intentionally trying to like hurt my feelings it's just that's just his mindset that's how he behaves and I think I got to a point where I could accept them um yeah <laughs> that's good actually uh, I had a very similar experience yeah tell me you know, yeah like I find that um and I think you know honestly this is why I want to create this space it's just this awareness where so many of us have very similar experiences and it's not you, like there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, I think what it is too, is like, we take things so personal, yeah. right? So if in your interpretation of, if your dad switched the subject from you to his, your sister, you, you know, if your interpretation of it is, oh my God, like he doesn't care what about me. He only cares about my sister. Yeah. Just as an example, then because of our interpretation alone, we, then of course we show up a certain way well, our reaction with him. It could either be anger. It could be shut being sh like we'll shut down. Yeah. Right. And, and then we kind of miss the opportunity. Then if you're going back to, I want a relationship with my father. So now because the topic here is relationships, we get to commit to the relationship that we want. So mm -hmm. the commitment is, you know what, if my dad, in Catherine's case is going to shift the conversation about my, my sister, I'm going to be present and still be committed to this conversation with him because he's still communicating with me. 
Yeah. Maybe it's not in the direction that I wanted this conversation to go, but is that's actually the, the beauty of dialogue. Cause mm. it's not, you know, it's not scripted. It's not like I'm going to say this, then you say this yeah. and then I'll, I'll respond with this. Cause I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's such, it's such real, real time. It's, and it's, that's why I think like the self, development, self-help and awareness is so important because it, it, ne- it comes down to also our emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, learning to control our, our emotions, not allowing it to take control of the situation. So let's get back to relationships. Um, what does relationships mm-hmm. mean to you, Catherine? Oh, relationships mean a lot. Like I think I think for most of my life, I think it, this whole relationship with myself only appeared recently. I think maybe like in the last seven, eight years. Um, relationships to me is is like the peop- the roles that you have in your life and the people that you care about in your life and how that how that dynamic works. And I think there's a spectrum of relationships like romantic, non-romantic, family, non-family, distant relationships. Like, like I think it's just who you are with everyone else and their energies affect you and your energies affect them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just everyone in your life. Like, and and just people, every person you meet, speak, have an action with, um, there's a relationship right there. Yeah, you're, you're, up, you're right. Absolutely. I think, yeah. you know, actually, that's kind of cool that you say that because I feel like even strangers, there's a, even though it's brief for a split yeah. second, there's an opportunity yeah. that we're in, we're in relationship in this moment. Yeah. Right. The relationship could be friendly. The relationship could be tense. It could be negative, all, all, whatever. And, and then you mentioned energy. So like mm-hmm. energy is so important. Like, again, mm-hmm. bringing it all comes down to self-awareness. If I'm aware of my energy or if I'm unaware of my energy, then I don't even realize what I'm attracting. So mm-hmm. if I'm aware that I am negative and I'm always cynical and I see everyone as the enemy or up to get me, yep. then the relationship I'm creating with them is going to be that it's going to show up that way. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm like, you know, I want to have loving, trusting, fun, whatever type of relationships, I'm going to show up that way. Yeah. So when I show up that way, now I, I encounter a stranger. That's already what I'm bringing to the table. And if that's who they are, yeah, it could, it could invite that same energy out. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love that idea. And I think, and I think it's the energy piece. I, I think I wrote a thing about like, you know, that term RBF. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, cause that is someone's energy, right? Like it's, I mean, it's all being, I'm, I'm not even going to go through the whole, cause I'm a feminist and I know that whole idea that why are you, why are we labeling women, whether they're smiling or not? And you know, like who cares what the Facebook, like, like I'm not going to go down that road, but that idea that someone has a negative energy and that negative energy with themselves can attract negative people. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like in dating, if you are really, really like toxic to yourself, you're going to attract people who like toxic people. You know what I mean? Like, so, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you've all, we've all met, cause that's why I talk about like the needs, the wants and the deserves, like the deserves piece is so important because you can, you've, I think I think we have all had either a girlfriend or boyfriend or friend of ours where they just keep attracting the wrong people, whether it's dudes that stand them stand them up or girls that just want them to pay for their meals or whatever, like just toxic people. Yes. But then you and then you're like, oh my god, like you should just go for like you know why are you, like I love you, you're so amazing. Like why are these wrong people like coming into your life? But then you think about it, you think about your friend, and you're like, hmm they are kind of toxic to themselves. They're not exactly, you know, mentally the most positive person. They're attracting the wrong people because they're not treating themselves right. You know what I mean? Oh, and 
So there's that. And then you've got the people that deserves peace. You've got, so the people who attract the bad, the toxic people, then you have a lot of people who are constantly saying, oh, I need a guy who's like, you know, a billion things on my list. Like he's got to be tall. He's going to be successful. He's got to be like, you know, looks like Jude Law or whatever, or whatever dude, or <laughs> you know, like all these things. And then you look at them and they're like, you don't really take care of yourself. You know, like you're not really that great. You're, you know, you're, you're in millions, like thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. You're, you know, you're not taking, you're not working out or whatever. And then you want all these things. Like, it's kind of like, you got to look in the mirror and you got to see the good, the bad, the ugly. And some people's mirrors are smudged. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So good. And <laughs> they don't see the truth. And it's hard to get into bed with ourselves if you can't see the truth. Oh my God. That's so good. And I had to do that with myself and it was vulnerable. Like I was like, Oh man, I am, I am toxic to myself. That's why I'm attracting these guys who are ghosting me. And I'm attracting this, this catfish dude who didn't want to meet up with me. You know what I mean? Like, like I was not right with myself. And it's until you switch that mindset and you stop treating yourself like shit. That's when you start attracting people who don't like to treat people like shit. Exactly. 100%. I mean, like, I love that energy. It's so good. No, it's so true. And I remember actually going through a phase in my life. I was in my, you know, like mid to late twenties and it's the same thing. I was like, man, like, why do I keep attracting these like type of girls? Right. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Again, what I said earlier on, on this uh, episode is like, you know, that uh, I'm the common denominator. So I can't be like, oh, it's all them. It's, it's me. There's something about me that is attracting these women. So yeah. what is it? I get yeah. to look in the mirror. I get to see the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And just yeah. embrace it and go, okay, you know, it, and then what do I want? Yeah. Just like what you said, when you, when you met your husband, once you went through all the like, bad negative experiences on online dating, then you were like, okay, let me get clear. Let me see what I want. Let me write it down. Let me like visualize it almost. Yeah. And manifested it. Yeah. You know I mean? And like, <laughs> what was that? Yeah. And like, and like it, some people just, I think it, it's really hard for them to do that though. Like, because our egos are in the way, you know what I mean? Oh, and right. because dating is such a vulnerable process, it's, it oh. is like you are, constantly putting yourself out there and yeah. like I call it you know like it's like what I say is you putting your ego in the gladiator ring your naked ass out there just fighting and you're fighting with yourself really because every time you put yourself out there you may get hurt most likely you'll get hurt I would say because it's never I mean it's really hard to find that it, it's not an easy process there's a reason why um dating is such like a, it's like a huge area for people to talk about and then you got to reel back go back into your you know the 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 like wherever gladiators go back and you gotta lick your wounds and you're like i gotta go back out there now i gotta put my ego back out there right. <laughs> and, you know can, I, can i invite to you know to, to shift the perspective of yeah. not so much putting our ego out there yeah i think what really needs to happen is to put our ego on the damn shelf exactly at the like, door the ego is not your amigo. I don't know if you guys ever heard that saying, yeah. but it really like, yeah, you know what? We will always have our ego. Our ego was there to actually protect us. Our yeah. ego is there to, um, it's our mask. Yep. Okay. And if we can identify the difference between our mask and, and our, our mask, AKA egos and our true authentic self, the true authentic self is saying, here I am. I'm willing to be hurt. The ego is like, no, 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 you aren't going to hurt me. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I know what I'm going to do. I got my games. I got my little strategies yep. to show up a certain way. So I keep the, you know, you keep you at arm's length or I have the wall up, but you may not see this wall. Yeah. However, when we're really committed again to creating relationships and we are able to again, put the ego on the, on the shelf and really just like you said, be vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yes, it's scary. Yes. It can be painful, 
But at the end of the day, it's, it's the most real thing ever that people can experience of you mm-hmm. and the opportunity to finally attract what is real in relationship. Because, yeah. right, if you show up in your true authentic self and they stick around, that means they accept you for who you are. Yeah. And absolutely. then it comes yeah, like what you said, Catherine, like about accepting ourselves. Because again, you know, I remember posting in the group about, you know, like self-acceptance is, is the like biggest form of healing. Mm-hmm. When we can accept ourselves and others can, can accept us too in relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it's, it is about taking that ego out at the door. And I think, I think when you see dating as a learning process about yourself, it really helps you remove that ego. Like yeah. if it doesn't, if, when it doesn't work out and you do get hurt and you feel like you've put yourself, like you've put yourself out there and you're not receiving what you're wanting, mm-hmm. then it's like, no, it's not like, it's not my ego is bruised or like, you know, I, I put my, I, I got to now put all my armor back on and protect myself so I don't get hurt again, but rather, oh, I, here's what I've learned about myself. This is what I'm going to look for the next time. Let's try and be even more authentic, even more present, even more of who I am to the next person. You know what I mean? It's, it's like switching that mindset of it's learning. It's not, I got rejected or this guy, it's, it, this guy dumped me or this girl dumped me. It's just, oh, I'm going to learn from this. Yeah. And I think, you know what I mean? Like switching it rather than like, a rejection it's not rejection it's just it's just didn't work out like it's just just a moment to learn about ourselves and you know what what i love about like what you mentioned about rejection is i always see rejection as redirection yeah so life is just pushing you in another path it's clearly that just wasn't it it's part of the journey but the the journey continues the path goes on and it's leading you somewhere you get to just trust that you know absolutely Really quickly, I want to say, I know we've got like about 15 minutes left. My, my computer is actually like about to die. So oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you jump in, you know, share what you got to share. But, sure. um, but I'm going to go on my phone so that way we don't get cut off. And it okay. Will go audio if, if this one crashes, okay? But okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, got to go on the whim, you know, we got to go. I got to go on the whim. Uh, right? so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I that's pretty much how I, I talk about with dating is that needs the wants and the deserves. Um, and, and of course, just seeing it as a learning journey and seeing it as a way to learn more about yourself. And when you switch that mindset about self, it's about improving your self awareness. And, and I think when you put yourself out there and you become more vulnerable, you actually have an opportunity to accept yourself more. You know what I mean? Like if we talk about more about self, self acceptance, um, when you go through something like that, when you do get hurt, you're like, when you change your mindset and view it as learning, you're going to say to yourself, oh, maybe it's not because, you know, the way I dressed or this thing I talked about or this thing that didn't align with what he wanted or she wanted or what do we wanted to talk about. It's just that it didn't work out and he's not, they're not the right person for me. Um, so I do have my books here um as you can i don't know if you can kind of tell like my style is very brutally honest and i'm very raw and real and just straight to the point i do a lot of real talk in my writing um in my courses um so if you're not like a reader if you don't like to read i know a lot of people are more of an audio visual learner um two of my books are converted into courses if you like and they're all they are on udemy um so this is a the brutally honest dating guide um, I purposely put an Asian man on there <laughs> as a <my> cover. <laughs> Another conversation about Asian men and attraction. Um, anyway, that's um, awesome. I love uh, it. Representation, um, I think, is also another thing that is huge for Asians, um, especially during this time of COVID. And there's a lot of, at least in um, in my my area, there is a lot of racism that's going on against Asian looking Asian looking people because of you know the COVID and the coronavirus and um anyway so there's the Asian parents book um I designed I self-published these so I chose all the covers myself (laughs) and so this is supposed to like 
represent some blood, the black and the red. <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, um, mellow, melodramatic, you know, for, for Asians. Uh, yeah. I know. I mean, or, or you can do it as like luck, right? Like Chinese people, red is luck as well. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> and, then yeah. the, and then once you get into a relationship, you could uh, get my, um, get, try and get healthy and ha happy and healthy marriage. Um, and it, it's very straight up. Like, it's very easy to read. At least the reviews that I've gotten, they, they like how it's really easy, straight to the point, real raw, short read, under two hours kind of thing. Um, and it's, it, it's like my most authentic. This is the most authentic that I've ever been in my life in this platform. Like, last since I started my blog in August 2017, mm -hmm. I've never been this authentic in in my entire life like with myself with my friends with my coworkers, everyone just like it's it's an amazing amazing journey since I started this whole thing and the people that I've met like you know yourself it's you just in the powers of the internet you can really just meet anyone and be able to connect well what's so cool is you know when we were talking about energy in itself the energy that you've created around these books and in your audience, you've attracted that within your, your sphere, yeah. you know? So, so that's, that's pretty cool. Like, again, energy is uh, somehow you and I, we've attracted each other in each other's lives. So here we are, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean I <laughs> so what was your journey with like, I mean, I actually don't know, like, are you with anyone? Are you like with or dating or I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that might be a whole nother episode for us. Episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm recently new in the dating area arena. Um, I, you know, for me for almost three years, it's been three years, a little shy of three years since I broke up with my ex and, uh, I did a lot of self healing, a lot mm -hmm. of self discovery, inner work. I knew it, you know, it was that relationship was a huge mirror for me in showing, me where I got to get to look further into mm. and you know because I, I I definitely didn't like what I saw in the mirror yeah. you know and um, it was painful but it was so needed and and I'm so grateful for it it was the biggest gift I could have ever asked for to be honest um, that's why I always say like I embrace my pain I embrace the lessons learned because if it weren't for those things I mean I you know, I would have never grown. I wouldn't be here who I am today. Um, and so I, I feel a lot more prepared to, you know, get back into the dating scene. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm very optimistic about it. Even amidst all this, you know, COVID lockdown, social yeah. distancing thing, I'm just making the most of it. And I'm not attached to like, how it should look like. Whereas in the past, and I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I still, I feel like I still struggle with that. I'm like, Oh, wait, 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 I'll catch myself. I'm like, no, you get to trust the process. Like every relationship, every process is going to be different. You can't mm -hmm. compare how, you know, it was with so-and-so because each and every single one of my relationships were different with, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, the person I'm dating now, you know, like I, I get to just let it unfold the way it should. And, see where it goes and just be present in the moment not not what happened in the past and what might happen in the future you know no so it's it's been fun I, you know to say the least like i'm i'm really learning to make the most out of it and, and enjoy the process well that's the best way to do it i think this yeah. is just be in the present and and enjoy it because it, it is an interesting experience and if you can really make it present, it's, it's, um, makes, makes it more meaningful, you know, than, Absolutely. than just a step, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, what we'll do is, um, at the end, well, well, did you, did you, I'm not sure. Cause I know I, I kind of, you lost me for a second there. Um, did, were you able to share your website with, oh. yeah, uh, no, I didn't No. <laughs> oh yes. Great. Um, yeah, yeah this would be a great time. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so my blog is um, it's some on sleeve. So S U M on sleeve. So like some is in heart and then on sleeve. So um, dot com. Um, and if you want access to like all the books and stuff and courses, just go some on sleeve dot com slash books. And then it'll have like all the information of each book, um, what they're about. And they're also available on Amazon. So you can just even Amazon just like type in my name or whatever. Um, and then my courses, you can also go someonesleeve.com slash courses to find my courses. So I've got one on tactical, a tactical guide on building your self-esteem. Um, and then the second one is the, how to do your deal with your Asian parents, but in a course format. So, you, so I talk you, I basically, it's a lot of the book, like a lot of the book content in the video of me with slides, with me talking to you um, in case you're more of an audiovisual learner. And then the other course is the Brutally Honest Dating course um, in course format, so audiovisual. And there's also like, I actually go through like, because um, some people may not know some of the online dating protocols and social etiquette things. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, don't like, I mean, one of the, I mean, don't go texting like crazy before your first date. Like that's kind of like, you know, if you just text, 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 and it's like, okay, well, let's try and meet up or at least do a video conference or because in the end, if you're going to want a relationship with this person, I don't think it will be text-based, at least not until I guess like 50, I don't know, hundred years down the road when everything's virtual, I guess, but <laughs> virtual reality. But um, for now, I think it's don't text so much. Like it's have that real conversation with someone, have it face to face, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. No, it's it's true. I find that, you know, we are becoming a little lazy mm. because text is so convenient. And yeah. is the laziness though a mask of being afraid to be vulnerable, being afraid to reach out, being afraid to be seen, yeah. even. You yeah. know, um like it's it's so important that we have these conversations, like you said. I mean, this is going to be someone that you're going to potentially spend the rest of your life with. You want to know like how they interact, how are they in communication? Um, you know, I mean, to break the ice, like you can't, we cannot have quality relationships just solely via text. No. And you can like, it's called, I mean, that's the thing is that people can think about their answers and like craft crazy messages that aren't actually who they are. And, Take too, so long to, take too long to think about what they're going to write. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, like if you just keep it real and raw and have a conversation over the phone or a video, like nowadays the technology is so amazing that just, just, you know, hop on a call. Like I know right now it's a lot of the, the social distancing thing, but just hop on a call and have yeah. a conversation and be yeah. brave. And it's okay if it doesn't work out. Like if you, at the end, like after 15 minutes of talking, you're like, oh my God, this person's not at all. Then it's okay. You learned a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And you saved yourself a lot of time. Yeah. Too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, like, why do you want to continue investing emotions and feelings? I think like a lot of times we tend to like fantasize or I, I idealize what we think this person yeah. is going to be like based yeah. on how they look, based on um, you know, I mean, just again, very superficial things and we kind of like, we just like, yeah, we just drift off into like la la land, but like, let's get real, you know, like you said, face to face and see it 3d or at least, you know, via FaceTime zoom. I, yeah. I hear people, people are getting creative, you know, they're getting on zoom, having zoom dates. Like that's cute. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I mean, like. There's also like, I mean, I remember there was a guy that that was dating and that's all he did. He would just text me after work and it was, it was like a text buddy. And then we just never met. And then when I asked him, hey, let's hang out, he just like ghost me. So that also happens. So don't fall into that. And also don't, yeah. like, don't, don't like completely stalk the guy or the girl or the person to the nth degree on Google and find out everything about them. Because that's going to be a mystery, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a little bit of a mystery because what they present them about themselves on, like, cause everyone's got an, almost everyone's got an online presence nowadays, but don't go like crazy because you're going to set your high expectations too high. Or maybe you'll find something you don't like, and then you're just going to miss that opportunity. You're be like, Oh, he has a cat. I hate cats. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Seriously, that's so true. That is so true. That's that's really good advice, though, Catherine. I mean, I, I love that. It's, you know, I think, again, you know, and come on, let's face it, guys, we've probably all done something in our past that like, that's not who we are anymore. No. So, you know, we all grow. And you like you said, you might find something that you don't like, but that may not even be them anymore. You know, they may be they or they may have posted or gone through a time in their life where they were lost and that's who they are now. So give them that opportunity, give people a chance and give yourself that chance to find out instead of just assuming, you know, hiding screen. No, you know, let's let's, let's get out. Let's get real. Let's get authentic and make connections. You know, that's what we want here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, (laughs) uh, this is, this is a good, you know what? I mean, great talk, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here today. I truly enjoyed the conversation and just, you know, getting to know you a little bit better. Um, and definitely, I, I know we're going to hear more of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Angie. This has been so much fun. Like, I love these conversations with people of similar, just like this, this, this idea of connecting and having a conversation with someone who shares the same wavelength and energy and like I'm getting so much positive energy from this. Just, it's amazing. And it's, it's making my Friday for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. You know, we'll continue just spreading out love and good vibes and, you know, definitely build this, this platform's audience and, you know, yeah. community. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you well, so much for doing this. Like, yeah. this is amazing. Like, this is like amazing what you're doing and connecting people and, having that platform for people to share their stories and provide and, you know, just provide their lessons and share and learn from one another. Absolutely. Hey guys, it's Catherine here. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you loved this or you resonated with this and found value in my content, please hit the subscribe button and thank you so much from the bottom of my heart.